Hey, this is actress Carissa Lee Staples, and you're listening to the O Brother Podcast. Welcome to the O Brother Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Smith. Alongside me, as always, is my brother from the same mother, Mike Smith. How you doing, Dan? Doing good, man. It is another almost week gone by, I guess. It does. It felt like a week this time. Before we get into the meat of the episode today, the topic today, which is guilty pleasures, I teased this out a little bit on social media this week, the last few days. We've also been talking about our monthly movie giveaway. Ooh, I like giveaways. You can't top it. It's a free movie. It's a free movie. And and we're not talking about some old used scrap, right? Yeah, we're, ta- we're talking about a sealed, brand new, yeah, this is a high quality movie. Certified, never, never viewed in its packaging, mint copy of, of the movie. But to get your hands on one of these, you've got to do a few things. Uh-oh. Right? You've got, yeah. Okay. What's the catch? <laughs> so, and, and we, you know, I want to do this up front anyways. If you're not already following us on social media, make sure that you are, right? We're on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram. We've got a YouTube channel. You, you can subscribe to us there and hit that notification bell so you're notified every time we put out new content. And you can also drop us an email. You can email us at obpodcast at gmail.com. That's O-O-H-B as in brother, podcast at gmail.com. You can even call us on our listener line, which is 407-476-8781. But what we want you to do for this monthly movie giveaway, and this first one we're going to give away, we actually reference this in our very first episode, Roxanne starring Steve Martin and Daryl Hannah. Nice. And this is a this is a Blu-ray copy. Follow us on social media. We don't care where it is, but you got to be following us. And then you get to drop us a, a, a comment. You got to drop us a line of some kind, right, Mike? Yeah, like Mike's great. You know, Dan could use a little help. Something Dan's, like that. Dan's extremely handsome. You know, something hypothetically. Well, like should be true. Should be true. Ouch. If you lie to us, something's never changed. Yeah, we do fact check. We do fact check. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the O Brother podcast monthly movie giveaway. Roxanne is the first one up. Who's it going to be? Who is it going to be? Is it going to be you? Can I I get it? No. Uh, No, we are. I love Roxanne. It's one of my top five. We are excluded from, uh, we are ineligible as, as not only hosts, but we, we, I don't know how many, you probably have multiple copies of Roxanne, like every other movie. True. Right. And I'll have, I'll have mom do it for me. Those shenanigans won't work on it. (laughs) Those might work with your local Best Buy, but they won't work here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The truth comes out, folks. The truth comes out. Cheating, cheating, cheating. So I even have, I don't know if you can see it, but I'm I'm holding up a copy of 
this fine edition of Roxanne that soon will be in someone else's hands. So we're, we're excited to do this. I think it's going to be fun. And it's just a kind of another way for us to share our love of movies with you guys. We appreciate those of you that are listening. And if you know somebody who isn't listening, get them to listen. And we do, we do mail to France. We do. We will, we will pay for international shipping. Absolutely. If you're listening in Australia, We'll send it to you. That's right. In the UK, wherever you might be, you are eligible. Uh, We will, you know, at at some point, we will randomly pick a winner, and then we will announce that on our social media channels. And uh, we'll eventually get in contact with that individual, and uh, we'll make arrangements for you to get this fine copy of Roxanne. All right. Now let's get on with it. Let's get that out of the way. Yeah. So now our episode this week is Guilty Pleasures. When you uh, brought this this topic up, uh, this is really difficult. I'm surprised you say that because I could look at your collection See, and say, no, okay, that, on. that, Easy. that, that. <laughs> no way. Come on now. Of course, uh, we're both subjective and, and biased, but I, you know, I'm looking saying, I don't, I don't have any dogs or bad movies mm-hmm. in my collection. But yeah. of course, we wouldn't be able to do this episode if that wasn't true. Now, to me... We didn't really talk this out, but let's let's try to define it. You know, if you had to, to to put out a couple of criteria for one of these movies to make the list, what are your thoughts? Do you have any? There's, there's a couple things for me. Like right away, I think when you say the title of the movie, some people are going to cringe and say that movie is awful. I hate that movie. How could you even like that? So I think that's one of the things, you know, like it's, I don't say to people, hey, this is one of my favorite movies. Not that these are our favorite movies. They're movies that we like to watch. They're fun to watch. They're pretty good movies, even though they might have got panned by, you know, some snobby critic somewhere along the way. Right. But they're movies that are really pretty good. Yeah. You know, like give them a second chance. That's why I kind of referenced The Godfather 3. People are so quick to say that's terrible. Yeah. And a lot of people say it never even saw the movie. Well, I came up with three ultimately. And and I have three that I picked out too. I, I like all three of my movies. Oh, as do I. For me, they're not, it's not like I hate these movies. There's usually some negative connotation when I mention one of these movies, some I'll get a funny look or somebody will say, oh, I heard that was awful. That might happen on this episode, folks. Yeah, it might happen right now. Let's get your first pick now. Are these in any particular order? Or? You know, that's a good question. I, I have them kind of sorted from my top to my kind of least favorite. So the first movie, which I, I think, well, let me just, let me just tell you the title. Waterworld. With oh, Kevin Costner. This is on your list? This is on my list. That's shocking to me. Well, it shouldn't be because you know what this uh, leads in is like the most raspberry yeah. votes. And we were part of those raspberries in the early days. Yes. Wow. And I didn't know that. I would have never in a million years guessed this was on your list. Because you think it's horrible? Uh, yeah. Uh, but- <laughs> <laughs> if I'm being honest, yeah. Tell 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 me the truth. Yeah, tell you how I really feel. 
also because, you know, as I said, I can remember you and I being really critical and 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 yes, uh, teasing this movie. And interestingly, two new releases have just come out. Ah, uh, now I see where this is headed. Okay, okay. it's all right. I see it's where on, you're going. One's 4K, and the other's a, a three-disc Blu-ray release that has three versions of the film. I think this could be 24K and maybe still not worth it. But right. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, first off, and this kind of goes back to The Godfather again. This movie was tanked before it even came out. Right. People made their minds up, A, because of how much money was spent on the movie. That's this true. was like the first $100 million movie. And I think to be exact, it was like 136 million. Now, what year is this again? And and who was the female lead in this movie? Um, her name is Janine. It wasn't Gina Davis, right? No, no. Oh, oh right, Janine. Oh, yes. Um, I'm looking at the box and I can't. Find, there she um, is, Janine Triplehorn. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Janie Triplehorn is that right? Janie Triplehorn. She was yes. in the firm. Yes, yes, with, yes, with yes, Tom yes. Cruise. Right, okay, gotcha. I'm, I'm telling you, Dan, you should give this I'm gonna have a to. second I'm gonna, watch. I'm going to have to. That's probably what it would be. I don't think I ever would have seen this more than one time. Yeah, and there was a lot of criticism early of how, I, like I said, it was sunk before it came out. The movie has become profitable. All the crying was about... A hundred million dollars. Oh my God. Right. When you watch some of the visuals in this movie, they literally made a movie set out in the middle of the ocean. So what is it what is it brought in to date now? It's over two hundred and forty million and counting. Is it really? Wow. And like I said, the two new releases, uh the 4K release and this new great arrow release i looked at the two of them and i was like geez they're both so good so of course i bought both of them who made the who, who was that maybe um that movie put out by um it was wasn't it universal yeah you, you know why i say that oh because is it it's a big hit at universal studios see i was gonna say wasn't now what year did you did you pull a year off the cover what does it say i don't have a year it's on it i can be, i can pull it up yeah though. pull that up it's got to be I, I will. I'm, I'm gonna guess 1990, 91, somewhere in there, I'm, I'm thinking. I, I think I had moved to Florida by then. Wasn't there some theme park tie-in at some point, or there was going to yeah, be? Yeah, because you and I went to Universal Studios, Florida. I don't know if they ever did the ride there, did they? The stunt show? I don't think so, but is that what, what did they do that out in California? Out in California, and it's still okay. out in California, and it's really popular. If That's you go crazy. to Universal City Walk, right. this is out in California, you can actually see the stunts. And they literally built a set, kind of not comparable, because the set they built for the movie is huge. Right. The release date, by the way, Dan, was July 80, uh, 95. Oh, wow. A lot later than I thought. Okay, yeah. 95. Oh, well, because I had just moved back to Florida after being Right, away. and I wow. was living on the West Coast. That's I was right. in San Diego at the time. So we weren't together when this came out, so we didn't see it together. But okay, but but so you talk about the special editions and blah, 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 but to me that doesn't count. What is it that you like about this film? The visuals, 
some of the stunts they did, they had to pull off with, you know, these guys were underwater on these, uh, what do they call them? Skidoos or that's like an old yeah. man's reference. Right. Like jet ski type. Jet jets. skis. Yeah. That's yeah. better. They, they would do these stunts where they would, you know, go underwater with these things and then pop up way in the air. And yeah. Some incredible stunt work. And then, like I said, when you see the city now, and I don't know if these are new shots because, uh, you know, I just recently watched the extended cut. Mm-hmm, and I'm right. telling you, I didn't feel at one minute like, hey, this is too long. You know, looking at movies today, you know, movies are a lot longer today. It used to be 90 minutes was it. And and the reason for that is they want you in and out. Yeah. And they want the next movie crowd, you know, to go. Yeah, 90 minutes was the standard, especially all throughout the 90s. That was pretty, that was it's a fun. long movie. It's funny, when I popped this up, <laughs> to get the date. Yeah. The first thing that hit me when I put in Waterworld, it said Waterworld was a massive flop, right? With a question mark. And then this guy goes on to make all these arguments why it may be good, it may be bad. Like, did it make money? Yep, it's made money. Uh, why was it so bad? You know, and a lot of people say it was a bad movie because it went over budget. Right. Today, right. every movie goes out over budget. Same thing happened with The Godfather 3. He had to have it out by Christmas. It was a $50 million budget. Oh, God, $50 million. Now, Game of Thrones, one episode is $50 million. I'm telling you, give it a look. I don't want to keep going on because we got yeah. more to get to. Well, yeah, this segment is ending up longer than the movie itself. And, yeah. uh... <laughs> but visually... I think if you watch the movie, especially the extended cut, which it explains more, the two cuts I mentioned are both on, on 4K and Blu-ray. And then if you get this Arrow set, and they've come down a price. When I bought them, they were both like 30 bucks, But now they're like nineteen ninety nine To get three cuts of a movie and all tons of extras, if you like that, Right. For well, 19 bucks. It's an interesting, I mean, it's kind of an, uh, fits your argument with the physical media because of it, it's almost like all of that extra packaging is what's drawn you back to the movie, ironically. Part of it. I've read about the, them redoing some of the stuff and, you know, how they fix the picture for the 4K. Yeah. It's really beautiful. Yeah, I mean, I'll have to give it a second look. But it won't be at the top of the list. But, uh, I, you know, you've got me very curious now to pull yeah. that out again. Yeah, I, I hope you do check it out. So for if anybody's listening and you are a Waterworld fan, definitely hit us up on social media and let us know. Because, like you said, this was heavily panned. And I think you're right. A lot of that was uh, made to do about the budget. And to the current day, it was the budget was 175 million, so that was huge. Yeah, you know, in '95, that's huge. Yeah, for sure. I think the Avengers movies all cost 200 million to make, but right. they bring in a billion. But so far, this has brought in 264 million. And that's now with very these respectable. New, it's very, and now with these new releases, it's just going to bring in more money. So. All right, let's get to your first. All right, let's pick. all right. So we're shifting over. We're going to change we're going to change genres first of all. We're going to change 
decades. We're going to change budgets. So changing everything, changing everything. Yeah. So here's a film that this film had a budget of just over 12 million. So take that in for a minute, right? Yeah, now, okay. This this was released in 2003. It is in the I would say I'm not sure how it's listed, but I would put this in basically the the horror category is where I would place it. Okay. And uh this the name of this film is Wrong Turn. And I know uh, I, I know I, there's going to be some listeners that are huge fans of this franchise. Now, I'm talking about the original movie, Wrong Turn. Again, did this have Sean Penn? No, it? no. Who is this in was, it? You've either never heard of these people or you haven't heard from them since 2003, which is Elijah, Eliza Dushku was probably the most. I know. Yeah, she's pretty famous. Well, right. But then it just drops off a cliff after that. So right. you've got Desmond Harrington starred in this. Uh, Jeremy Sisto is a name a lot of people might know. But it's, it's for the most part, a very sort of BC list kind of cast. I remember you saying when you saw this movie that it was disturbing. Okay. Now you, of course, you grew up with Deliverance. Right. Right. Burt Reynolds and, and that yep. amazing, you know, Ned Beatty, that amazing yep. cast. Yeah. And you remember how creepy that movie was. Absolutely. There's a, a storyline in that film and characters in that film, if you haven't seen it, that will, you know, they'll stay with you to this day if you see it. It's just very creepy. So when I saw Wrong Turn in the theater, I can remember leaving that theater with my uh, then girlfriend at the time being creeped out and these movies do not generally bother me it takes like halloween is the only franchise and you know i'm i'm like one of the number one halloween fans on the planet yeah definitely the, you know that's kind of the only movie th- those are the only movies of that type that ever kind of get me especially the rob zombie reboots if you yeah, want to call that- it, if, if you want to call them reboots, you know, the violence is just so yeah, yeah, way intense, which way of course up. is, you know, Rob Zombie's calling right. hard. But right. He has much more disturbing movies he really than, does. than Halloween. He does. I mean, his Halloweens look like, you know, the Brady Bunch compared to some of his other films. But there was something about this film that, and I watched it again recently because, of course, I own this film. To me, that was one of the, that was one of the criteria. This had to be a film that's in my collection, you know? Yeah, that was the same with me. And it just gives me the willies every time I watch it. You know, it's, you know, this cast of characters that are very like this inbred kind of, you know, deep South uh, sort of stereotype, but to the nth degree where they're just kind of like really, really creepy and scary. But I think it's it's just a very... Well done movie. Now, I rewatched it, like I said, recently, and you're not three minutes into the film and you're already, you get that first kind of jump, you know, out of your seat moment where you're just, things are happening. The pace is very fast. The way they build the tension in the film is good. And I just feel like, unlike a lot of the other films of its kind with, yeah, I mean, you could go to the original Friday the 13th and the original Nightmare on Elm Street and all of those. And, you know, mm-hmm. those are classic films. But right. But as those moved on, I thought they just got really silly. And and I'll be honest, I have not seen any of the other wrong turn films, and maybe I should. Right. As a point right. of comparison. But right. 
this as a horror film, this is if now have you seen this? I have not seen it. And, and I think I haven't seen it because of the way you described it to me. Really? When you said you owned it, I was like, does he own this? I was saying that in the back <laughs> of my head. Because I remember you saying to me, that was really disturbing. Directed by a guy named Rob Schmidt. And uh, again, Eliza Dushku, who I don't, I couldn't tell you the last movie that she was in, but she's she, still out there doing a lot of TV stuff. Yeah, she was huge at the time. Yes. Uh, now this is made in the U.S. This is hasn't even grossed sixteen million. Wow! Ouch! That's right? it. Right, and it's but open, it probably it, cost what? How much to make? Well, it cost almost thirteen million. Oh, you're kidding me. No. And so in the- That opening, high a budget? What year? 2003. Ah, that's, that's surprising. Trust me, folks. If you haven't seen this film and you like horror, this is a film you should definitely check out. It's solid. I need to watch it. Uh, you should. And I know you're not typically a big horror film guy, aside from like, hell. well, although you you are pretty- you know, with no. Friday Thirteenth, you own every single one of those. Yeah, I've Nightmare got the, on Elm Street. I, I've got all of them. So yeah, so so I guess the classics definitely. But you need to add this one to your list at least. The, at least the original one. It's yeah, worth. A, it's I, worth I a will, watch. Uh, I will watch this very soon. Now, one one thing I added to my list of criteria was I wanted to use the Rotten Tomatoes. Tomato. Oh, meter. okay. I felt as though it sh- it w- it should be something that is got a less than 60% fresh rating, right? Like this is a rotten movie, so to speak. Okay. And not only that, but, you know, Rotten Tomatoes has the audience rated percentage as well, right? Critics versus... Exactly. Yes, yes. So the critics for this, it was 40% is the rating, okay? Wow. Mm -hmm. And the audience rating was 54, a little bit higher. Yeah, a little, you know, it's almost fresh, really, in, in the audience's view. So... Wrong turn. That's my first one out of the gate. Go, go okay. watch it, folks. Okay. I, I just had to look up Waterworld for the for their rating. And what did you say? It should be below 50? Below 60%. Okay. Because Waterworld is uh, 46 and 43. So in the audiences, which the shocking thing right off the bat is, although they're very close, right. the audience is actually lower than the critics. Okay. So my moving next yeah. movie. Yeah, what's your next? Okay, around the same time as yours, a few years before, and it's sci-fi. This is another one that has, there's five of them, but it started with the first one called Final Destination. I haven't seen any of these, I have to be honest. I think you'd actually like them. And I know this is a huge huge franchise. It is, and the director of the first one is James Wong. He did all the Saw pictures. Oh, yeah. Right. Conjuring. So he's become like, I think they were after him for Halloween at one point because he's become kind of a, you know, he moved from sci-fi into kind of horror. Now, does this have the same lead? No. Oh, it doesn't. Okay. Which is one of the interesting things because there's one girl in it, Ali Carter is her name. Okay. She was kind of the lead in the first one. I think she survived till the third film. See, I'll be honest. I get these confused with Underworld, Resident Evil. I, like, I think it's all the same film, but I, right. I, I think there's people cringing right now at my ignorance. 
cringing at those movies, no doubt. Getting back to this movie, basically what it is is this kid has a vision, like a school club or something or a team, and they're getting ready to go on a plane to do an international trip. So just as they're getting ready to board the plane, a guy has this vision of the plane crashing shortly after takeoff. And it freaks him out so much, and he can't stop thinking about it. And he gets on the plane, and he's, he's kind of sweating. And all of a sudden, he, he gets off the plane. He's like, I got to get off the plane. Something's not right. But, and he's going kind of uh, hysterical. Yeah, He gets off the plane, and a couple of other students get so freaked out by him that they get off the plane, too. One of them, Sean William Scott. They get off the plane, and sure enough, as the plane is still in sight from takeoff, it explodes. And I'm probably, there's probably people listening that say, I've had that nightmare before. People who are, like, you have a fear of flying. Yes. Has that ever been one of your... Oh, absolutely, yeah, among many others. For me, I'm like, hey, if I go this way, it's going to be quick. Yeah, you say that until you're going that way. That's a whole different well, scenario. I, hopefully, I'm just gone when it explodes. Right. I, I'm always horrified by the people that are alive as it's going down. Like the plane that went down in Miami a, a long time ago, we were there. You know, it just kind of ditched into the into Miami, I don't know, into the Atlantic Ocean or something. Anyway, getting back to Final Destination, this theory, you know, it gets passed on to Ali Carter. It was a boy, and I don't know, they just couldn't get him to do the sequel, I guess. and Or maybe he did do the sequel. No, I don't think he did. So she kind of took over his role, and she would have a vision of something happening. Yeah. So it went from a plane to just other visions. And this is, this is, there's what, like 10 of these films, isn't there? Five. Oh, there's only five. Okay. Right. Number five came out in 2011. Now this franchise, every single movie made money. I would say every single movie almost doubled the cost. So whatever it costs to make, they doubled it in receipts. Right. So why they haven't done one in over 10 years or 10, you know, close to 10 years, I'm kind of shocked. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, it makes you wonder. Usually they milk these things until, you know, they don't make any money. Yeah, that's another one I'll have to put on the list. I mean, I, I'm, I'm very aware of it and familiar with the franchise, but just, I don't know, it never, it never was one that ended up on my, my watch list. You know, sure enough, like, I'm just looking at the actual physical DVD box, yeah. and Roger Ebert gives it a positive. Really? There you yeah, go. Yeah, smarter okay. and... You know, good movie, blah, blah, blah. So what is it on the tomato meter? I'm just looking. Number five, the critics, 63%. The audience score was 52. 35%, the original. And that's the critics. Right. And here's Ebert giving it a positive. But the audience score for the first one, 68%. But still, we're looking at a fifth one they they did that was still pretty high. It was up there. So we've covered uh, horror and uh, sci-fi. Sci-fi. Yeah. Right. And Waterworld, I think you would go with sci-fi. 
Yeah, rom com somewhere in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess sci. Yeah, sci fi. Sci fi. Okay. Makes sense. So your and, turn. And we're yeah, yeah, yeah. My turn. We're we're some we'll somewhat stick with the sci fi theme. Interestingly enough, I'll set this film up a little bit. This is, uh, in fact, I just watched this uh, for the first time in a long time today. So this wow. is really, yeah, really fresh in my mind. But this came out in 1994. So, you know, we're going back in time, right? And of course, our last episode was all about going back in time. In case you missed it, folks, Back to the Future, 35th anniversary, make sure you listen. This one on the tomato meter, if we're going to use Rotten Tomatoes again as a criteria, the critics percentage is 44 with an audience rating of 36%, folks. So this this is solidly rooted on my list. What list like this, a guilty pleasure list, would be complete without a film by one Mr. Jean-Claude Van Damme? Oh, no. This is what I'm saying. When I look at your collection, I would would get every one of his movies and chuck them out the window. Okay, now hold on. I'm going to try to persuade here. All right. The film is called Time Cop. So basically, it's a time travel crime thriller. The movie starts off in 1994. The basic premise is they come up with this group called the Time Enforcement Commission, or TEC. And it's this group of cops or these agents that travel back in time or throughout time to stop various bad things from happening that will change the course of the future. Because what you find out is you've got all these criminal types that are going back, kind of like like Biff in Back to the Future, right? Right. When he wants to go back and make money. Yeah, because he knew all the sports scores from all the right. championship games. So it's kind of a similar premise where... But it sounds like my, Minority Report, too. Yeah, it's got a little of that flavor. One Which the, I like that movie. One of the other stars of this film who was really big at this time, and you'll know his, his name, Ron Silver. Oh, Yeah. Kind of like the poor man's Al Pacino. No offense, Ron. I would say the poor man's Andy Garcia. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That's a call back to our Godfather episode. Yeah, that nails it, doesn't it? Yeah, but he's he's an up-and-coming senator. When he gets wind of this whole time travel thing, of course, you very quickly find out he's corrupt and he's basically trying to make a bid to raise money to run for, for the presidency. Hmm, sounds a lot familiar. It sounds like 2020, the year 20. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, he's going back. I'm, I'm still waiting for the point where you get me to like well, watch no, this it, movie. Well, here's the difficult thing it, it would actually take you to watch the film because I've got to tell you, there's one scene in this film that uh, is one of the more famous and, and talked about Jean Claude scenes of any of his movies and any action movie quite frankly which is there's a scene when he's in his apartment and a couple of goons break in and you know it's an opportunity for him to show off his martial art skills which uh, quite honestly the man still possesses some pretty amazing skills even to this day he's in really good shape even today no 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 that's come on he's he's the uh he's the what the uh brussels uh the muscles from brussels i think they call him anyways okay mr (laughs) wwe anyhow (laughs) 
but there's a there's a a scene where he does this split up on a kitchen countertop that is i think i know that scene any man watching this film it's a difficult scene to watch but it's so impressive because uh you know it's him doing it it's not like it's some stunt double i mean i like can't believe he's still around jean-claude could have gone the way of arnold somewhere in there he took a left turn and i he took a wrong turn no pun intended his acting in this film look i'm not saying it's oscar worthy or anything close i hope that. not no you no, say that but, we're ending the podcast no today. no but but it but it's decent so it's got good action and there you know you do bring up a point where like how does arnold schwarzenegger make it Right. I'm not going to call him a good actor by any stretch of the imagination. Is it management? But, uh, is it his agent? Is I don't know. I think it's movie choice. Or movie choice. I don't know. I think that's okay. what it is. Yeah, we could look at a lot of Arnold's choices, but maybe at that time, yeah. You know, they were just good enough to be entertaining where you sit there and say, oh, okay. Yeah. But Jean-Claude didn't quite make those same choices. No, but even when, you know, if you look in... Who are some of the other big martial art actors? Of- oh, the one who's really awful. Yes. And, Stevie Siegel. Yeah, I, Stevie Siegel. Yeah. I wouldn't even put him in that in that category because, no. you know, Jean-Claude has legitimate skills. But it, there was some really, if you go back and you look at the films of 1994, I mean, it would have been difficult for any film to make money that year. There was a huge, you're talking Pulp Fiction came out then. Forrest Gump. I mean, the list is pretty unbelievable of what was out just in that year. Yeah, those are two. You just hit two movies. One that's basically a film noir, right? Updated, right. and the other one that had groundbreaking special effects. Now, Time Cop's budget was twenty-seven million. It's grossed over a hundred million. Wow! It's it's you know. I'm still not sure I'm going to see it, but I'll, I'll I, catch wrong turn. Well, if somebody lays a copy at my door and I trip over it and hit my head, I might watch it. I well, don't know. If, you, if you tune into the Old Brother podcast, you might just pick up one of these beauties on Blu-ray <laughs> for the monthly movie no, giveaway. That won't be a giveaway, folks. That will <laughs> not be a giveaway. Listen, if I'm going to watch Final Destination and certainly Waterworld again, you've got to give me some uh, viewing time for Time Cop. I might take a look. I'll watch Wrong Turn, but I don't know about time. Coming. At least but watch I, I, the trailer. I'll do the trailer. Okay, it's and, if, and if I find it like that I could stomach more of it, I'll do more of it. I don't know. I think when you see this mullet that Jean-Claude is sporting <laughs> in the year 2004, you might change your mind. Here's a film. Also, like Time Cop, from ni- it was released in 1994. So coincidentally, I've got two on my list from the same year. This is another action thriller. <laughs> you don't say that with a lot of confidence. No, no, it is. It is. Uh, okay. It stars one Mr. Sylvester Stallone. The name of the film is The Specialist. Uh, is this with Sharon Stone? It is. Yes. I, I remember because she was really hot then. Yes. And I remember the shower scene. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a very... I remember steamy, that. Very steamy scene in there. So Stallone plays this character named Ray Quick. He's a a specialist, a bomb expert, worked for the CIA along with his buddy, 
uh, James Woods, who plays a guy named Ned Trent. Oh God! But in this film, it's it's you know classic James Woods, like, right. like uh, many of his his performances. But and Eric Roberts is in this film. Julia's brother. He's another. Right. He, there's someone else who's kind of dropped off the face of the earth. So basically, Sharon Stone. Her parents are killed when she's a little girl. She's out to get revenge on those that killed her parents, which, of course, is, you know, Eric Roberts and his family. They're the ones that are responsible. So she hires Stallone, who is, you know, long retired, but kind of a gun for hire type. It it turns out that James Wood's character ends up also being hired by Eric Roberts' crime family. And so, of course, he and Stallone meet again as characters and, you know, it's about kind of their pitting against one another, you know, while this storyline is playing out, basically. And why should I see this? It's a great film. Look, this has grossed almost $200 million. Eric Roberts is a poor man's Mickey Rourke, right? Or a poor man's Ron Silver, perhaps? Or or a poor man. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably more accurate. Budget for this film was forty-five million bucks, and like I said, it's grossed all not quite a hundred and eighty million dollars. Give me, give me the Rotten Tomatoes on this. So the Rotten Tomatoes is the critics' Rotten Tomatoes is forty-four percent. So all it's right, that's a solid rotten movie. <laughs> right, I'm riding with the critics. I think, and the audience, the specialist audience rating, thirty-six percent, folks. Oh my god! So it's solidly in this list. You know, wow, and but you want it, me to watch it? Yeah, but it is all right. I'm a little bit biased when it comes to Stallone. I'll admit it because I think a lot. Whether it's although Daylight, I I think I walked out of that film. But yeah, Daylight's pretty bad. You know, Cobra, obviously all the Rocky films. I mean, you, you Expendables, you name it. I'm like I'm sly for life. It's just one of those films where. Cobra could have been on this list. If if it Cobra definitely could have been on this list as as with so many others, but the specialist with Sly Stallone and Sharon Stone, it's a solid film. Like you've said before, if this came on TV and I was flipping the channels nine times out of 10, I'm going to stop and probably watch this film straight through. It's just solid action. I love it. I I might take a peek at again. Watch the trailer. I will. All I remember is that shower scene. Yeah. It's steamy. It's, I guess I know why, but I'm like, I don't know why I, how would I have caught that and not seen any other? Well, he's probably flipping around on TV and it was on or something. It's probably know? like Cinemax late yeah. at night or something. Late n- Cinemax. <laughs> Cinemax. <laughs> All right. What's your next pick? Okay. This is your third pick. Third pick. Make it a good one, folks. <laughs> it's It meets all the criteria. People are going to definitely wince. Starring Dustin Hoffman, Warren Beatty. Charles Grodin. Charles Grodin. Okay, the name of the film? Yes. Ishtar. Oh, but this is not, you're punking me. No, why? Nobody likes Ishtar. Nobody likes Ishtar. (laughs) Dustin Hoffman doesn't like Ishtar. I agree. How dare you? I'm telling you. I cannot believe Waterworld and Ishtar. Well, Waterworld... It's definitely much better. In case you didn't know it, we didn't anticipate uh, or nor plan for the O Brother podcast to go any further than nine episodes. So (laughs) we appreciate you joining us. It's been a fun (laughs) ride. 
But this oh, is where no, we no, have wait. to say Give goodnight. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. <laughs> I'm on. telling you. And, this and was this, more pan than Waterworld. It was for similar reasons, right? Huge budget. You won't watch Time Cop, but you'll watch Ishtar? I'm telling you. I think if you sat down and watched Ishtar, you would laugh. Think I'm about Charles. Right. Oh, I'm laughing right now. No, think about it. Because it's a comedy. It is a comedy. But think about those three guys. Yeah, Hoffman and Beatty across the desert, something or other. I don't exactly. Know. Exactly. See, you've got you've got this image of it, but it's probably the wrong image because of all the negative press. And to look at your tomato ratings here. The, oh, this uh, ha- this got to be single digits. This is this is uh, it's got, this is pretty low. Be single digits. The critics have it at. 37. We'll fix this in post, folks. This this won't make it to air. Critics 37, audience 38. So pretty much in agreement. Wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> pretty but, much in agreement. <laughs> That's funny. As far as the movie goes, it's one of these movies that, in fact, I'll tell you uh, yeah. when I saw this, it was in 85. Listen, if you're not watching Time Cop, there's no way in hell I'm watching Ishtar. <laughs> <laughs> a friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours, we sat down just to watch TV. There was nothing on, basically, and we stopped at Ishtar. And we find ourselves chuckling through the movie. I think it's definitely worth a few laughs. I can't believe Ishtar is on your list. It is. And I know I'm not going to get you to watch it. Now, who was this directed by? It was directed by Elaine May. I don't know who she is. Yeah, no idea. You know Charles Grodin's one of the funniest guys. Oh, no no question. I mean, Hoffman as well. I mean, Dustin Hoffman can be extremely funny. Exactly. And, And I think Warren Beatty. Is, is uh, a great actor. I, I mean, mean, Evan can wait. And... Tootsie, I would have been fine with Tootsie. Uh, yeah, but that, that's, that's a solid. Tootsie's a highly Ishtar. rated movie. Wow. This, this is a guilty pleasure. It really is. You, you are but, guilty. But think of, here's the, here's the setup, right? Yeah. You're Hoffman guilty and, and I Beatty, <laughs> Hoffman, oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> You're out of order. This whole podcast is out of order. <laughs> uh, Hoffman and Beatty are, are these terrible songwriters, right? right? Down on their luck, but they get a gig in Ishtar. Right. They bill themselves as like the Simon and Garfunkel of Ishtar. S- sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a tough time selling this one to myself all of a sudden. I'm sold, folks. But I haven't seen it in a long time. But I was oh. looking through Did my... Did we talk about our monthly movie giveaway? <laughs> this is what happens to be sealed. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, you sure you open that one? It's not too late. We can add that to the giveaway. <laughs> no, this one... You'll get a much better movie than this. Holy moly. But... Oh, my God. It meets, it meets like... You know, I just cleaned out my collection and i i would would hope so i put it in my hand yeah i think you got some more cleaning to do (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh my God. I read the back of it. And then I thought about watching it way back when and us chuckling through the whole thing. And I thought, you know what? This is probably worth, you know, I'm embarrassed to say I have it. Uh, the box office is great on this one. 51 million spent, right? More than The Godfather 3. Wow. Takes in a huge 14. (laughs) (laughs) It's a loss, folks. It's a loss. We have a loss. Oh, my goodness. So... We should I hope somebody comments last. about his chart. I hope somebody writes in and says, you know what? Mike was right. I've watched that movie and I laughed. I thought it was oh funny. Now, now you said it, it's taken in to date about 50 million. No, that's how much it costs. Oh, <laughs> but it's only taken in what? 15? 14.4 million. Oh my God. Wow. And you figure out of that 50 million. I'd say 40 went to Hoffman and Beatty. Incredible. You know, and then the rest was travel expenses. Yeah. I, to Morocco. Well, th- so there's our guilty pleasure. All I right. want to know, I want to hear from the listeners what if somebody their guilty defends me, are. I do too. And if somebody defends me with Ishtar, I will buy you a brand new copy and send it to you. I think we have a solid list of six shitty films, folks. Yeah. Six films that. We want you to watch, but we know you're not going to. That's exactly. But I want to hear what, what your guilty pleasures are. So drop us, drop us some, some comments in, in, uh, you know, on our social and uh, let us know what, what's on your list. Check, that, out, uh, check out Waterworld. Seriously. And are you fans of Ishtar? No, don't check out Waterworld. And if you're I'm a fan cop, of Ishtar, I'm cops. say, Mike, send me Ishtar and I'll do it. All right, well. That wraps up this episode, folks. Thank God, huh? Appreciate you joining us again this week. Our monthly movie giveaway. First one out of the gate is what, Mike? Roxanne. Roxanne. Great movie. Great movie. So you got to follow us on social media and you got to drop us a comment. That's a movie that's everything. It's funny. It's it's drama. it's, It's just a brilliant adaptation of Cyrano. Get in on that giveaway. Again, you got to follow us on social media. Drop us some comments. Let us know what you like about this episode or any episode or the podcast in general. Things you might want us to feature on future episodes. And you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're on, we've got a YouTube channel you can subscribe to as well if you want to follow us there. And you can also drop us an email at obpodcast at gmail.com. That's O-H-B as in brother, podcast at gmail.com. And if you want to leave us a voicemail on our listener line, that's 407-476-8781, 407-476-8781. Well, for now, I've been your host, Dan Smith, alongside my brother from the same mother, Mike Smith, and we will see you next time. Bye, everyone. Frankly, you're old, you're white, you got no stick, you got no gimmicks. Hi, everyone. This is Cindy Busby, and you're listening to the O Brother Podcast.